Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to award-winning Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is the podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. We are bringing old-school basketball to a new-school audience. And today, we bring you the story of the last ABA player to retire from basketball. Now, I'm not going to drag this out from the title of the episode. You already know that the player is Moses Malone, and I thought this was an absolutely fascinating detail about his career. The ABA merged with the NBA over the summer of 1976. Now, let us Fast forward 19 years to the year 1995, and Moses Malone, who had played in the ABA, was still logging minutes as the backup center for David Robinson on the San Antonio Spurs, which, by coincidence, were one of the four ABA teams that was allowed to join the NBA during that 1976 merger. Now, let me just list some of the accomplishments for Moses Malone. He is a 13-time All-Star, once in the ABA and 12 in the NBA. He also led the entire NBA in rebounding six times. He was an eight-time All-NBA, two-time All-Defensive. He was the 1983 Finals MVP and a three-time NBA League MVP and an NBA champion in 1983. He was also voted as one of the 30 greatest players in ABA history. He was also voted one of the 50 greatest players in NBA history and was a member of the NBA 75th anniversary team. This guy's resume is longer than the menu at the Cheesecake Factory. So, one of the reasons that I wanted to do an episode on Moses Malone was because he is one of the all-time great players in basketball history, but does not get a lot of attention when people talk about the great centers of the league. As I have said before, this is one of the reasons we do this podcast. I want to make sure that we keep these all-time great players in the conversation. I do not want to see guys like Moses Malone get forgotten in history. But the other reason I wanted to do an episode on Moses was because he brings back a basketball memory for me. I was watching a San Antonio Spurs game on TV back in 1995 and they subbed in Moses Malone for David Robinson. So here came this aging player getting ready to check in. He wore goggles. He had a huge bald spot on the back of his head and it turned out he was only 39 years old at the time but to me he looked like he was about 45. But that probably had more to do with my own youth at the time. However, it was obvious that Moses' best days were far behind him. He was not fast, he could barely jump, but he could still battle underneath the basket for a rebound. Even though he was quite old by basketball standards, he was still good enough to hold down one of only 380 NBA roster spots at the time. At one point during the broadcast, the announcer said that Moses was the last former ABA player to still be playing in the NBA. And suddenly, I looked at Moses with a fresh set of eyes. I thought, wow, this guy played against Dr. J in that old league with the red, white, and blue basketball. He had played against teams like the Spirits of St. Louis, the Kentucky Colonels, the Memphis Sounds, and the San Diego Conquistadors. He was a living history book on the ABA. So I had to find out more about Moses. One of the first things that I found out was that he 
he never went to college. Well, technically that is not true. He spent five days on campus at the University of Maryland before quitting school to sign a contract with the Utah Stars of the ABA. He never attended a practice at Maryland and he never went to a single class. For those five days, he only traveled between his dorm room to the cafeteria and back. He knew that he was probably not going to stick around because he was already in negotiations with the Utah Stars. His agent told him that he should enroll at Maryland as a negotiation tactic to get the Stars to up their offer. And it worked. The Utah Stars did not want to lose Moses to a college team. So they signed him to a five-year contract worth $1 million total. Wow. For a 19-year-old back in 1974, there was no way he could turn down that kind of money. The contract also included a healthy monthly stipend for Moses' mother. By the way, I have an entire episode about how he became the first player to go professional straight out of high school. It is episode 77 if you want to go back and check that out. It is a more complete story about how he was recruited by a number of universities before eventually choosing to go the professional route. Now, let us get back to 1995 when Moses was playing his final season in the NBA. At the time, the idea of players going to the pros straight out of high school was ludicrous. Malone was the one in a million exception of someone whose skills were already at a professional level coming out of high school. But Malone joined the pros back in 1974. A couple of years later, Daryl Dawkins and Bill Willoughby also joined the NBA out of high school, but it had been a full 20 years since that even happened. And for good reason. The gap between high school basketball and NBA basketball was like trying to jump across the Grand Canyon. It was considered sure failure for a high school kid to declare for the NBA draft. Now little did anyone know that just four months after Moses played his final game in the NBA, a high school kid playing out of a Chicago school would declare eligibility for the NBA draft and then become a first ballot Hall of Famer. And that player was Kevin Garnett. He ushered in a new era of high school kids jumping straight to the NBA. But let's get back to Moses' story. My fascination with Moses kept growing and so did my fascination with the ABA in general. Now, this is a good place to take a break and I'll be right back with the story of the last ABA player. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One Gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876 including t-shirts long sleeve shirts phone cases mugs blankets pillows towels and even shower curtains go to sportshistorynetwork.com row number one for access to the full row one catalog and for gallery prints and gift items plus get a 15 percent discount off all prints on the row one pictorum gallery with coupon code shn15 follow the link on the show notes Hi, everybody. Dan and Andrew from Hello Old Sports here. We wanted to drop in and let you know about our latest episode. That's right. We interviewed the co-authors of Phyllis George, Shattering the Ceiling, a biography of groundbreaking broadcaster Phyllis George. 
And her life is really sort of a journey through 20th century America, from Miss America pageants to the Kentucky State House to the groundbreaking NFL Today show on CBS, even the Kentucky Colonels, the old ABA. We got into all sorts of stories about the Celtics under Red Auerbach, about the interview with Roger Staubach, about really all sorts of things, a fight between Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek. We really enjoyed talking with Lenny Shulman and Paul Volpone, who teamed up to write this book. The book is on sale right now wherever books are sold, you know, within reason. Garage sales, probably not. So go <laughs> ahead and pick up a copy today. And if you want a chance to win the book, you can go to sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways and register for a chance to win. Goodbye, old sports. Welcome back to the show, and let me continue with the story of Moses Malone. Rather, let me go to the beginning of his story. He was born on March 23, 1955 in Petersburg, Virginia. He was an only child to marry Malone. She never went past the fifth grade in school, and Moses' father disappeared to Texas before he was two years old. He grew up in severe poverty. There was a hole in the wall of his bedroom that allowed water to pour into his bedroom when it rained. But he was so physically gifted as a child, he was so much taller than everybody else he never got tired he went after every rebound like his life depended on it as just a 14 year old freshman in high school he scored 32 points in a varsity game and that got people's attention by the time he was a senior in high school he was 6 foot 10 or 208 centimeters and weighed about 220 pounds he was the size of an nba center and the most polished high school player in a generation over 200 universities were after him during the basketball season the local holiday inn was like coaching central it's it seemed that every room was booked by a college coach who was in town to see Moses play. He was offered cash, cars, jewelry, and who knows what else. Mary barely had to buy groceries during the basketball season because coaches were delivering bags of groceries and takeout dinners to their house on almost a nightly basis. But the tricky thing about getting Moses into a university was the fact that Moses could barely read, even as a 17-year-old. His grades from his first three years of high school were absolutely awful. But then suddenly in his senior year, he starts pulling straight A's. Even the school faculty was in on it. They faked his grades to help him get into college and then to the NBA. And Moses hated school. He wanted no part of the university experience, except as a stepping stone to the pros. And then the ABA came calling. You see, at the time in the 1970s, the NBA had a rule that said that they could not draft a player until his college class had graduated or he had a four-year degree early. In other words, if a player was smart enough to graduate from college in just three years and had his degree, then he could become eligible for the NBA right away. Otherwise, he had to wait four years before he could be drafted. Moses finished high school in 1974, which meant that he would not be able to enter the NBA draft until 1978 if he went the college route. The ABA had no such rules about how they drafted. This was what allowed them to start poaching players out of college after just two or three years. As an example, the ABA convinced Dr. J to leave the University of Massachusetts after only three years for a large contract. For many of these players, the money that the ABA was offering was just too much to turn down. And most of these players were not truly working towards their degree anyway. So might as well leave college early for that hefty paycheck. But never before had the ABA tried to take a kid straight out of high school. That just seemed like crossing a line. But Moses was ready. He was already the size of a full-grown NBA player and with such amazing skills for rebounding, defense, and scoring. 
As I mentioned earlier, he only spent five days at the University of Maryland. One day he woke up and told his roommate that he was leaving to sign a contract with the ABA. That roommate, by the way, was future NBA player and coach John Lucas. Lucas was so heartbroken to see Moses leave school. He had visions of winning a national championship behind the rebounding of Moses, but he understood a million dollar contract was just too much to pass up. So Moses packed his bags and got ready to head to Salt Lake City to join the ABA and specifically the Utah Stars. This is a good place to take a pause in the story of Moses Malone and I will be back next week with the Moses' professional career. That's next time on Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com to find out more about this and other sports history podcasts. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and check out our page on Facebook. It is called Basketball History 101 Podcast. There you will find shorter historical posts as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories from the past. Take care and see you soon. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. This is Mark Mortier, and if you're a sports history fan like me, tune in and hear me talk about some great sports moments of the past. Growing up during the 1970s, I got to watch some of the most iconic moments in sports history. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. Willis Reed limping out of the locker room in Game 7 of the NBA Finals at Madison Square Garden as the fans erupted with a thunderous ovation. The 1980 Miracle on Ice as Team USA defeated the powerful Soviet Union in the Olympics. Listen every Tuesday on Yesterday's Sports. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.